listening to the Chronic Sisters podcast. You're joined by your host, Jess. <laughs> Thank you for introducing me, sister. I was so ready. Jess and Jess. <laughs> wow. Thank you. I was just excited to be back. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Sorry we missed last week. It was my turn to go into lockdown. Um, I scored myself a spicy seven days ISO to which everyone I am fine was fine the whole time um, but went a little bit stir crazy and I'm yeah. sorry we couldn't deliver the goods to you all. Yeah look I, I carried the fort for a little bit and then Jess thought you know I'm gonna take a turn as well and what we've learned from that is that we're not very good at forward planning and we don't have a business <laughs> continuity plan in case we and both go down we need with a the manager spicy or something because we're struggling. <sighs> look trying to pull it out of our asses here people and we're managing but if one of us goes down the whole thing fl- falls apart <laughs> so um and jess was terrified at the idea that she would have to set up the um electrics i literally started sweating yeah. at the thought so look we thought about it we tried to mind map it and we couldn't do it so in retrospect we're gonna learn well i'm gonna teach you how to do the equipment just so you have it in the back of your mind, just in case. And I hope to never have to do it. Yeah, and that's but fine. Sure. Better to know it and not use it yeah. than need it and not have it. Okay. So yep, sure. That's what we're going for. All right. But well, I hope, how are you? I'm, I'm good. I mean, we are just coming to the end of Endometriosis Awareness Month. Yeah, There's been are. a lot of chat. There's been more funding going into it. It's been a big month for the Endo Life. We hope you enjoyed the episode. But I am fine. I think I'm pretty good. That last seven days mentally sent me crazy. So for all of you who work from home, my hats go off to you because I was very lucky to be able to swap one of my jobs to work five out of the seven days from home. Mm-hmm. But good golly me, did I miss people and <laughs> people's faces and yeah. the screen time nearly killed me. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of renovating my backyard and I just have a sand pit. So I couldn't even sit outside for fresh air. Yeah. Well, I painful. sat outside when I did um, my working from mm. home and I got sunburned in the shade. Yeah. Well, so, that's not good either, sis. Look, it was a wild time. Yeah. It was a wild time. But I'm glad you're okay. You're out. You're free. I'm out. I'm out. Today's, today's day one. Day one She's of freedom. Shan and I just walked the doggos too. Oh, um, she nearly fucking killed me with this <laughs> brisk walk we were going to do. A small walk around Lake Gwellup, which is a, a little reserve here in Perth. I've never walked it before. Uh, it's not that big of a walk, she says. I nearly fucking died. <laughs> Halfway around, my hip was like, take me home. I had to stop. I had and to her sit. dog was like, take me home too. <laughs> yeah. My dog's pace, so Nanook's pace is a little bit slower than Bundy's. Um, he likes to sniff every tree branch that's fallen, every post. You know, he really just takes his time. And Bundy, like his mum. Yeah, definitely take my time. Bundy uh, likes to run a- ahead and wait for us to catch up and then run ahead again. <laughs> so um, it was a bit of a uh, mismatch of paces. And uh, look, I was knackered by the but time we I got did home. It. You're welcome. And I've already been to Pilates and I'm going to dancing now. So watch out. She is out of ISO, yeah, everyone. And she's out. letting like, everybody know. <laughs> I'm going home after this to put my feet up. But yeah, no, it was a lovely walk. It was beautiful. We managed to miss the rain, which is lovely. Um, yeah, it was a lovely morning, actually. It was lovely. Thank you for spending time with me. Yes. And then we had a cute little lunch date. Very yeah. nice. And Just, how's um, your week been? Week's been great. Work's been busy picking up the pace for that. So that's exciting. Getting to use my brain, getting all very excited about it all, which is lovely. Um, 
just chilling watching Encanto really in my spare time. Three times in one day. Uh, what is wrong with you? I love that movie. I still it haven't watched it. Up. And that was my homework for the week and I. So you haven't done it. No, I worked a lot actually. And then I drew. You so, did draw a lot over the weekend. You're right. And I made bank while sitting at home for yeah. seven days. Yep. You can put your orders in through Jess if you want a um, a digital draw. Not a digital drawing. Uh, it's an, like an outline drawing with a pen, with a utensil. So yeah, she's, she's your gal if you need it um and look we've had a good week we've had a good week although you you're just coming off the back of a big um flare i have like a random flare and you know what it's so rude because it was on day six of my iso and i'm like i have stopped i have not left these four walls i should not be flaring there is no stress here yeah um and so a fun fact because we love a fun fact i'm not going to get into our next episode uh, next segment yet but just a fun fact for the flare when I get my period and most some um, most women apparently do this. Some notice it more than others. You wee a lot. Mm. Now, I notice it more so than most people, I think. I feel like I've been pumped with diuretics and I just pee for Perth. <laughs> but I decided to weigh myself because I could flare, feel a flare coming on and then instantly within a few hours I looked like six months pregnant and that was a lot. And the next day I started to wee. And so, and I weighed myself and I weighed and I weighed and I weighed and I weighed for 24 hours. And then I researched because your gal loves a scientific fun fact. When your progesterone levels drop, you drop fluid because it's like you're about to have a period. So you drop right. your fluid because you don't need to be all fluid and juicy to hold a baby. You just drop it Oh, all. sure. So you're not keeping the fluid anymore. Nah, don't so need you it. Don't Bye. need it. Let's try again next month, right? So my body was trying to do that, even though I'm taking the pill. My body's like, let's just have a breakthrough, B. Let's just like try and have a period. And then it just dropped all its progesterone. And then I dropped, how much in the end? 3.6 3. 3. Yeah. kilos in 24 hours mm. of fluid. That's a lot of fluid. It's a lot of water. It was a lot of weight. I was like a fucking camel. <laughs> anyway, um, so that was my flare, but mm. that was 72 hours ago now. So now the weighing is settling, I think. Good. Yeah. You know, I never tracked much about my pre-menstrual um, cycle symptoms. Mm. But now that you say that, I'm, I'm going to talk about it. I got um, an app a while ago, um, the Flow app, I think it is, you know, that you track yeah, your yeah. periods yeah, and yeah. stuff. And you can track your symptoms before, like just during the week or whatever. Mm. And there's just little symbols that you put into the diary, whatever. Anyway, it wasn't until I got that app that I was like doing some of the like, did you know lesson things that they mm. have on there? And like for your period, you get like insomnia, you can't sleep. Mm. Um, you wee more, you get constipated or you have diarrhea, mm. blah, blah, blah. I was like, that's weird. I've never experienced any of that. Flash forward, I do. <laughs> so I don't sleep very well. I cannot poop. And you know me, I'm a regular gal, like clockwork, easy, easy, breezy cover girl. Type four on the Bristol stool. Yes, absolutely. I love the Bristol stool. Um, but more of a type six girl myself. But. Nah. <laughs> Take, no, take it so, so, but, so then when just before my period, it gets really difficult to poop. And you know, that's less common. So it's most common for women to get diarrhea. But I also am more like you and mm. get more clogged up, but not mm, clogged up to people normally. Like I would probably only poo like maybe twice a day. Yeah. 22 formed? times. Um, yeah, a bit more formed yeah. than usual. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I, it wasn't until that app that I realized that I do have like, I'm like, oh, here it comes. Yeah, there Here's it goes. flow. Yeah. And like the discharge changes as well. Like just like this goopy like netting. I don't know why I'm doing this. It's just to imagine that it's in between my fingers, I guess. Anyway. Okay. 
Well, but it wasn't until that app that I... Um, you learned that. I learned that. So, you know. There you go. Learning every day. Amazing. All right. We're going to... This is uh, episode nine. Sure. I'll go with that. I think it's episode nine. And so we did a last week on me, pretty much. It felt mm. like I did too much talking. So now we're going to make Sean talk. So this week we're going to be talking about migraines. Migraines. Which has our, been a requested topic, actually. It has been actually. a few times. Mm. But before we get into migraines... Mm. It's time for the fun fact follow-up. Ah, we did that too. Stop it. Stop it. Get out of my head. Love that. Okay, we've got a few fun fact follow-ups this week. We do. Um, number one, Sean tried to work out where calendars were invented from. Yeah. And I just meant, no, no, I just want to know when the whole endo month started. But Sean took it to work out who invented calendars. Yeah, so the actual calendar months that we have. So there the was a couple months. of versions There was in history. But we've decided most of the world uses Pope Gregory the 13th. And he made that in 1582. So Take that to your trivia night. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you, Catholicism, for the calendar. Um, but more importantly, why was it chosen to be March, to be Endo, um, Endo Awareness Month? Shan and my girlfriend decided she would find that research out for us. Um, so she did. And it was this gal called Mary Lou. Mary Lou. Mary Lou Bowling. Sounds like she should be a part of the Grinch. From you know, Milwaukee. Ma- What's her name? Cindy Lou Cindy Who. Cindy Lou Who. But Mary Lou Bowling. Bowling. From Milwaukee. Um, she Milwaukee. Milwaukee. That she was one of eight women who sat around together and founded Endometriosis Awareness Month in Milwaukee. Um, and she chose March very simply I because it wasn't too hot and it wasn't too cold in most places of the world. So everyone was just feeling at ease. And, you know, other months had some other big awareness things. So she thought we'll pick a nice temperature <laughs> and one that we don't have to compete with others. So I love that. There, thanks, so Mary thorough. Lou. Thank you. Thank you, Mary um, Lou. So that was some of our fun fact follow-ups. Another one, Sean wanted me to follow up the guar gum guar from gum. my physio and how it worked. So it's from guar beans. Um, and it is never a, had a guar bean in my life. Neither, but I've have the powder. Um, <laughs> yeah, you do. It's a fiber that normalizes the moisture content of your stool. So it can be used for IBS and in terms of both diarrhea and constipation mm. because it either absorbs excess liquid in diarrhea and so it absorbs it out of the of the intestine or it softens the stool in constipation. And fun fact, it also reduces your cholesterol, your blood pressure and can work for weight loss because it draws more water it's like it slows everything down, draws the water, makes your intestines more full, and then apparently meant to feel more full. Um, and yes, but this bit, this bit, PSA, I only just learnt now. So I was like, I wonder if it has any drug interactions because it's just like a natural bean. Like mm-hmm. surely there's not. Plus, I've not even looked it up. I just take the powder. Yeah. Um. Well, a synthetic estrogen, the one called ethanol estradiol. There's plenty of different synthetic estrogens but if yours is that one watch out because it decreases the absorption of that synthetic estrogen and therefore the effectiveness of your pill so watch out world (laughs) babies for you (laughs) so i don't know what type of estrogens in mine but i might look it up now yeah we were shooketh for that one because that's a lot that's risky business yeah but you know poop or a baby i don't know i don't know i probably want to poop but also no baby 
I had like the baby and to poop less, so I'd probably go the baby. I mean, true. Fair anyway, call, fair call. So that's that. There's another fun fact follow up the pouch of Douglas, because I said I've got end all over it. What is it? It's actually the extension of your peritoneum behind the rectum and the posterior wall of your uterus. And it's normally only covered when you've got severe endo, it just spreads on back there. Mm. Um, and I think that is my fun fact follow up. Oh, except when Sean spoke about Orpi Goldberg and her bloody. <laughs> tampons one of my best friends was like didn't i tell you i soak my tampons in hemp oil after sex to reduce inflammation no you didn't and we've been best friends since you were like 10 so how you've missed that doll (laughs) i'm slightly unsure (laughs) i just love it she's like oh yeah no i've done it yeah like it's just the most normal thing and she overshares everything in life yeah i've seen her bits more than any other friend i think and the fact that she's missed that out Anyway, good on you, sis. Good on you, sis. I might try the Patent same. Patent it, I guess. Yeah. Because that's what we were talking about last week. Yes. Anyway, that's my fun fact follow-up, sister. Do you have any more? I think, I think I that think was pretty much it. it. Hey. If we've missed any, let us know. But I think we're good. Great. All right. Let's crack on then, shall we? Crack on. So migraines, right? Everyone has heard about a migraine and more likely than not you have them yourself or you know someone close to you that has them and look as a sufferer of migraines um and i have been i've had migraines since i was about 11 years old um they're rough and you know you can go on for so long thinking that it's a normal thing that everyone goes through that well fun fact they don't not everyone does and you can also manage them if you do have them you just need to know the right doctors to talk to right so what i thought we'll do is we'll just do like like we always do just brief education session about like what migraines are the fun facts because i know jess loves a statistic um i literally thought of you the the minute that i saw the statistics i was like oh jess is gonna love these i am i'm Um, excited yep so we're gonna talk migraines today and like jess has said previously with endo it's a big topic and I don't know everything. I've only experienced what I've experienced. And there are many channels that we can go down to talk about. So today I'm just going to do like a brief overview of what migraines are. And then if you want us to do more in detail about specific types of migraines, maybe that you have or that you want some more information on, hit us in the comments and we'll add it to the calendar and we'll pop it in the uh, Pope's calendar. <laughs> See what I did there? In Cycle Greg's. back. Yeah. Big Greg's, Greg's calendar. Big Greg. <laughs> Big Greggy. So the fun statistics of migraines are like, it's not as rare as you think. So 1 billion people in the world suffer from migraines. And that kind of equals down to like one in every four houses. So if you're on a street, one in every four will have someone in that home that suffers from migraines, right? And it is the, th- mo- the third most prevalent disease in the entire world what's the first two i didn't look that up oh come on well that's a fun fact for you next week then isn't it yeah yeah only i went third okay that's enough information for me but clearly you need more i do but that is very very shocking isn't it because it's more it's more impactful than people give it credit for number one number two it is more common than you think so with many things in the world being a woman is a predisposition of having a migraine right and we'll get into that stuff a little bit later but so one in five women have migraines one in 16 men 
will have migraines and one in 11 children. So you can still get it as a child, which is what I did. I was around 10, 11 when I first got mine. And so it covers, it, it, it bears no judgment as to who you are, where you're from, anything like that. It just is how it is. They don't really know why people get migraines. They don't really know how to stop migraines. All they can kind of help you with is the management of, the reduction of, and the knowledge around it of like how to help yourself if you can feel them coming on. So migraines come in many shapes and sizes. So there are... I've got it written down, actually. Hang on two seconds. Well, while you're saying that, I'm just giving you my two cents that I tried to find out why migraines and how they work. Because okay. Sean was like, oh, I don't really know. No one really knows. And it's kind of true, but I had fucking tried to find it. <laughs> yeah, that's the and thing. all I could find was that a lot of the theories talk about that the pain happens when there's a wave of activity by excitable brain cells. Mm. And then they trigger the release of chemicals, often serotonin, and that causes the narrowing of the blood vessels in your brain. Which, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was Which quite, is the pain. Yes. But and normally the two chemicals that do it are either um, serotonin, which mm-hmm. everybody has, mm-hmm. or estrogen, which mm. would only affect females, which is why females are more likely to develop migraines. Exactly. And so what's also interesting is remembering, just bookmark the fact that serotonin is a chemical that um, affects migraines because some of the symptoms connects to that okay so there's different types of migraines so there's migraine aura without headache there's a menstrual migraine which obviously migraines around estrogen Estrogen. production um there's a vestibular migraine which is around being dizzy and vertigo-y during the migraine um and so it's the maintain the maintenance of that like throughout um and then there's something called a status migraine which is where you're in a migraine attack for more than 72 hours so it's the same amount of pain consistently throughout 3 days That's or awful. more or mainly in children but i've had these as an adult as well an abdominal migraine mm. so with migraines not only is it a headache an extreme headache it also affects your gut motility, you get nauseous, vomiting, and I'll go it's through like all the symptoms. It's like when those kids used to come into hospital and they couldn't work out what was wrong with them. They'd mm. say, gut, what do they call it? Mesenteric adenitis? Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Could be a, um, an gut. abdominal yeah. migraine. So that's the main types. And there's also a, a separate type called hemiplegic migraine, which is a very, very rare 0.01% of people who have migraines have hemiplegic migraine and have very similar symptoms to stroke. Mm. So it can be exceptionally scary mm. if you have your first hemiplegic migraine and you don't know that you're suffering from them because they are very similar to stroke. You lose speech, you lose muscle tone, yeah. you can't walk, you have vertigo, you have headaches, you become nauseous. So it, it, it's presents very much like a stroke and migraines are also linked because it's a neurological disorder disease whatever you want to call it it's also linked with muscular sclerosis epilepsy stroke so if you have one or multiple sclerosis multi- what did i say muscular sclerosis cool love ya. Yep. that's why i'm here ms babes thanks but it's all linked together. So if you have one, you're more predisposed to have the other. And a lot of the medication that you can use with migraine are epileptic preventatives. Yeah, AEDs, yeah. yeah. So we'll go through all that in a bit. So there's a lot of migraines, right? And so you can have 
periods of migraine. So you're like episodic is what it's called. So you just have one every now and again, or you can have what I have and it's chronic migraine. And I went to the doctor when I was a child and it was the first time we'd ever seen anyone for my migraines because it was getting intense. Like I was having one to the point that I couldn't see, I was vomiting, couldn't go to school every other day. And do you know how unfortunate you are? Because you get all the fun facts. <laughs> only 10% of people who experience migraines experience auras and only 15% of people vomit. Well, so you are fucked. I'm just the lotto aren't <laughs> You're I? A lot. far out that sucks yeah but yeah so and that's the thing right so it was getting to this point this was my norm and by then you're like this is fucked so we went to the doctor and they sent me to a neurologist right and this was back in the day and back in the UK and I went into the neurologist and they said you've got migraines I was like thank you I already knew we that know this that's why we're here what can you do Oh, we don't really know much. And this bearing in mind what I'm nearly 30. So this is back when I was 10. So 20 years ago, medicine, although it's pretty great, kind of sucks at some points, Mm. especially 20 years ago. Anyway, so they wanted to put me on epileptics. Mum didn't want to because they didn't really have much evidence at that point that they were effective. So we just carried on blase as normal and just put up with it really until they got super bad when I was here. And then I sought out the neurology assistants again. Um, and that's when we moved to Botox because I tried everything else. And my best mate that soaks her tampons also has regular Botox and hair noggin for yes. hair migraines. Well, and, and you know what? It was working really well until my migraine, uh, my pain got worse and I had to up my pain meds. So there are a couple of risk factors, right, that can lead you to be more likely to have a migraine. Mm-hmm. And one of them being a female. So I'm already, you're, me and old mate are both out because we're both mm-hmm. girls, right? So pain also. So if you have a pre-existing pain disorder mm-hmm. condition, tick. If you are sensitive to light, tick. If you have bad eyesight, tick if you um have stressful life events ding 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 you're the winner (laughs) every freaking day you're the winner but one that i found that was really interesting is acute overuse of medication and i was like whoa 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 i'm not a druggie like i don't like i don't pop pills left right and center like i just pop, pop the ones that i've been told that i need but those want those medications especially pain meds for those high level of pains like I'm talking to pentadol diazepam all that sort of stuff the worst thing for migraines and so when I started taking those pain meds for my hip and my back the neurologist was like oh just threw his hands up in the air and was like as long as you're on them your migraines are going to be shit so then I had to decide which is worse right do I want hip pain, hip pain back pain or all that other pain or a migraine or a migraine. They're such beautiful options to choose from. Isn't it? You are so lucky. I mean, what a choice a girl can have on so a Wednesday, lucky. right? So I picked not having back pain because that's all the time, but then that increased my amount of migraines. And so for migraines, it can take you out of your day-to-day life for a number of days, right? So the stages of migraine it's it's written in four stages, right? Mm-hmm. So there's some cool images and we'll pop some on the story um, later this week. But the stages of migraine split into four. So the first stage is called a prod- p- prodrome stage. 
So that can be anywhere from a few hours to a few days before the full migraine attack. Yours is quick. Mine's quick. Here she comes. But thinking back about it, it could potentially be flagged a couple days beforehand, right? Mm -hmm. So listen to this. So in the prodrome phase, signs of a migraine can be irritability, depression, yawning, increased urine, cravings. So like I can crave salt. (laughs) I can crave salt. I can crave sweet. And back in the day, 20 years ago, the idea was that, oh, the thing that you eat a lot at the time before your migraine is a trigger. When in actual fact, it's your body craving that thing. So like a lot of people thought, think that sugar is a trigger for their migraines. When in actual fact, the reason that you think it's a trigger is because you've wanted and needed to eat more of it before the migraine. So it actually means that your body is craving it. So you give yourself more of it. But previous line of thinking would tell you that it's a trigger. When in actual fact, it's your body just reacting to the mismatch of levels in itself and wanting to get it. Does that make sense? That's wild, yeah. So yeah, so cravings, sensitive to light and sound, um, decreasing concentration, like not being able to concentrate, fatigue and stiffness. I'm like, that's me every mm-hmm. freaking day. Mm-hmm. Stiff but bitch. Also difficulty speaking. So like me stumbling over my words sometimes and I can't get words out, also a key feature. Um, and nausea and decreased sleeping, right? Mm-hmm. We can all appre- appreciate that that's very normal, like day-to-day stuff that you can have, yeah? So that lasts from a few hours to a few days before the migraine. Then you click into the stage of aura. Now this can be five minutes to over an hour for some people, like 10% of people. But this is where people explain that they get a visual disturbance. So for me, Mine is like, so if you picture it, you know, like the old school TV when it's like static, like that black and white, like fuzzy speckles. It's like that in coloring at first, it starts as a dot and then it opens up and becomes a ring. And it basically just gets this ring gets bigger and bigger until it goes basically behind my eye. It fills. But the 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 dot itself the line is like this static energy and it almost looks like a kaleidoscope you know those old mm, school mm. like things that used to look through and it was mm. like a kaleidoscope so it's like rainbowy colors black and white flashing lights and you can't see around the fuzziness so you lose that part of your vision that is so scary i've only ever like every time i faint i lose my vision yeah so it's very similar to yeah. that So there's a lot of visual like images on Google that actually really present what an aura looks like. And when I look at them, I'm like, what am I getting? (laughs) Like it all, it's so spot on that you're like, oh my God, that's exactly what I Mm -hmm. see. So I get that, I can get that like, I notice it if I'm reading something. So like, I can't read the whole word and I'm like, oh, here we go. There it comes. And then lo and behold, there's a little spot and it just spirals from there but you can I can also just get the aura so it's like this like waiting to see whether or not this like steam train of a headache's it's coming, coming or not hot. yeah and you only like if it's coming and you don't have meds on you or like your rescue wafer or anything like that you're done for like I've been at work and I can't hold my head up like I'm sweaty 
like wanting to vomit everywhere, needing someone to direct me out of the building because my head just wants to explode from the level of pain. You wonder what your intracranial pressure is doing at the time, oh, don't you? Oh, mate, it feels like it's 50. through the fucking yeah. charts. I can tell you that much for I'm free. I'm going to Google that. Well, um, hopefully they've recorded it somewhere in some research. Once the aura stage has been completed, what can happen is the aura that you've seen will kind of like disappear, right? And then you get the headache. Everyone who gets migraines knows the feeling of this headache, right? And so this headache can last anywhere from up to four hours if you're lucky to 72 hours if you're unlucky. And so the feeling that you can get from this headache, people experience it differently. Some people have it in one spot of their head, or at the front of their head, or it can move from one side to the other. Um, but you can get a throbbing pain, this feeling of a drilling pain, like straight into your skull. You can get what's like known as an ice pick headache. So it's like someone is like stabbing you behind the eye, um, burning. Intraocular pressure. Oh yeah, yeah, through the roof. Through the roof, hey. Um, burning, nausea, vomiting. So you can feel giddy, right? So if you think about, this is where I wanted to bookmark the serotonin, right? You feel giddy, excited, or like hyper. With a headache. Yeah. So Zach had picked up that before I get a headache, I'm hyper as shit for no reason. Like he's like, you're going to get a headache tomorrow because I'm just being like super hyper. Everything's hilarious. Like, like I'm a child, like making jokes and, you know, fart noises, whatever. And he's like, you're going to get a headache tomorrow. I bet you. And lo and behold, I have a headache. It's so weird. And then that learning, is so weird. learning all the stuff about serotonin. I'm like, that's, that connects, yeah, right? Having a serotonin surge. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Bow. Bing, bing, bing. Just that's craziness. Crazy. Right. So anyway, Zach actually picked that up. Um, you can also get insomnia. Oh, you can also get nasal congestion, right? Yes, that's so if I have a really bad headache, that's yeah. where mine goes. I get severe sinus pain yeah. and congestion. So nasal pain, sinus pain, I always say nose. when it's really bad, I was like, I've got a headache in my nose. Yeah. That's what I used to describe it to so, someone when I was little all the time. I've got a headache in my nose. So 90% of self-diagnosed like sinus headaches are actually migraines. Yeah, yeah. Because it's all about the pressure and the blood flow to that area. When I had glandular fever, mm. that was like the worst migraines oh. of my life. Definitely. Like I've been lucky that I don't get them often. But I actually thought my head was going to pop off. And it yeah. was so centrally behind my eyes mm. and in my nose and sinuses yeah. and through to my temples. And I literally was like, I couldn't see. Yeah. I need to be in a dark room. It was awful. So you literally feel like if you could just drill a hole. Yeah. And just. Yeah just let that pressure go it would be more comfortable um so yeah nasal congestion you can feel anxious depressed like you said sensitive to light sound and smell oh my god if smell smells for me i can be like hypersensitive to sound and light but for smells huh, if it's a bad one a today hang on oh. we're going for a walk today and the guy that i'm dating decides he he's doing some fitness thing at the moment and he's away training for a fireman life. Anyway, he eats raw eggs. Oh, disgusting. Don't. I don't want to And I was I don't telling Sean, I was like, it was so disgusting. Like he sent a video and then Sean watched it and then proceeded to actively like gag, 
pour water from her yeah. eyes, rest on a tree, yeah. go white as a ghost, <laughs> and actively start yakking. I'm like, what the fuck is I happening? Ju- seriously, it's because, like, you know, okay, every nurse has a thing, right, that they cannot deal with. Mine. But eggs is not something. No, but just hear me out here. Where the, 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 like, phlegmy vomits. Oh, same. Yeah, that's my Fleming. thing. Vomit is for me. Yeah. The phlegmy vomits though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah awful. Yeah. Rather take a diarrhea Co- any day. Comparative to eggs and egg whites. Very similar in terms of texture and <laughs> consistency and viscosity. <laughs> Disgusting. And that's all I can think of. Well, we nearly lost I'm... her at the park, yeah, guys. Look. We didn't even nearly record. It was, oh, it was rough. So... If he listens to this episode... I don't think he does. He's on this, like, band that he's not going to listen. He's like, I just want to get to know you for you. Okay, not well, this. eventually when he does listen, that mm. was disgusting. Never show <laughs> it again. Vile. It was awful, but I didn't... I saw oh. it and felt sick, but I didn't, like, have this physical reaction oh, where I looked like it was I'd very given food poisoning was- walk. <laughs> It was a very visceral experience for me. I was sweaty. My back was like wet. <laughs> it was a very hot, cold flush. It was gross. Anyway, back to migraines. So sensitive to light, sound and smell. And also neck pain. So oh, yeah, another sure. thing is that people think that neck pain triggers a migraine. Again, can actually be a symptom. So it's, it can also trigger them. Absolutely. But it is has been proven in the research that it is a symptom rather than a trigger. So that can last for anywhere from four to 72 hours. My plan, we've spoken about it previously on the podcast, is vomit if you can, because it releases that little bit of pressure and it makes you feel better. Also learned that the reason it makes you feel better if you vomit is because the migraine stops your gut motility. It just if you've got something in your stomach it just sits there yeah stagnant stagnant so if you get rid of it you feel better and so i do that (laughs) and then dark room dark dark room sleep on your bed the wrong way with your fan in your face you weirdo and now with the addition of the migraine mask from the spoonie girls from the freezer on my eyes Done deal. Just a fun fact there for you. I found a study of 44 people and 86.4% of people had an ICP of above 20 when they were in their peak of a migraine. That is fucked. Explain to the people why that is fucked. So it's called the Monroe-Kelling principle, um, but it is where your brain exists in perfect equilibrium and harmony. And that's why Uh we don't have headaches all the time because we have a perfect components of this balanced act of blood, cerebral spinal fluid, which keeps everything buoyant and happy and brain. And so if your CSF drops a little bit, the other components balance each other out. So think about they're always at 100%. So if something drops to 30%, the other the other might pick up 5% and it's this little harmony, harmonious mm. balance. But if you have three. like a head injury and you have a big bleed, an intracranial bleed or a big hematoma or a tumour, the disrupt- disruption of that perfect harmony is is obviously disrupted. Yeah. And so you have a disruption in that. So then your pressure increases Mm. and there's only so much a brain can hold 
because we have a fixed skull. We do. So if the pressure goes too high, then you've got what's called a foramen magnum, which is where your, I'm getting real deep now, but where your spinal cord and stuff come out of and essentially have a bit of a cushion's triad and your your brain tissue, you'd kind of, your brain tonsils would herniate down. Mm. And that's what leads a lot of the time to brain death because yep. if you have a significant head injury um, where it, the bleed is too big mm. there's, and there's nowhere for it to go. So sometimes we can do a decompressive craniectomy and cut a part of the skull off to allow for swelling out instead of going down. But so your ICP is not, it's not meant to be 20 and 20 is a high, what we would say is a high ICP. So mm. the fact that some people, when they have migraines, experience an ICP of 20 it's uncomfortable. That's, that's a whoppingly uncomfortable sore head. Yeah. And everything in there is so tight. Yeah. So, so, so tight. So you think about it like in the experiment when you did as a kid at school with the Coke and uh, Mentos, that pressure has to go somewhere. Like it, it, it will either be released in that you let the lid off or it will explode. So the explosion is your brain having to push through any gap that it can find. Because immediately when you're at that much pressure, if it can have any room to go, it will go in there to try and find that equilibrium because it needs to be not under so much pressure. Um, so yeah, so that's why people that you that have migraines, that is why your brain feels like it is going to pop, going to pop because it is under a high level of pressure mm. comparatively to normal baseline day yeah you know what else i found interesting about migraines mm. i didn't think that there was a congenital link oh yeah no for migraines i just thought it was that like pretty shit luck <laughs> like yeah sure i didn't think it was something that you could inherit yeah. i don't know why i just thought that it's not but everything um, down. so yeah but so children with one parent who experienced migraines obviously 50 percent more inclined to develop them mm. and children with two parents at 75% risk of developing yeah. migraines in their life. You would be God's favourite if you had two parents yeah, that have migraines, migraines and, and you didn't get yeah, them. Yeah, that's so wild. You'd be like golden child. And the, now they're looking at lots of research with kids and infants mm. that some kids, so if you've got parents with who both have migraines, but mm. then they're very colicky. Oh, yeah, they sure, sure, sure. the colic might actually be misdiagnosed as a first instance of a migraine. Wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. I know. I didn't know that. Thank there you for you teaching go. me that. You're welcome. All right. So after the main bit of the headache, you come into the aftermath, which is commonly known as the migraine hangover. So basically you're hung over as if you've been partying in Ibiza. Without the fun. Without the fun. Zero amount of fun. I can tell you that much for free. So this this section or this time in that timeline is called the postdrome. So it's the it's the way out of the migraine, right? And so that lasts from anywhere from 24 to 48 hours. And much like any hangover, you don't really concentrate. You're a bit fatigued. You can get a little bit depressed. But again, with the whole serotonin levels, you can get euphoric. So people, some lucky ducks. Oh, they their, come down are like, wow, I love it. Yeah. So some people actually feel euphoria afterwards. So, I mean, I'd be like, oh, that's all right then. Do you know what, like a little bit of a sweetness at the end? Yeah. Because theoretically, this is like a week's build up until this point, if you think about mm. it, from start to finish, mm -mm. if it's at its longest, right? So yeah, some people get um, euphoric and some people also have reduced comprehension. So that, high, that kind of like brain fog, can't really think, very muggy in your head, like you can't make decisions. That's how I felt working it from home. <laughs> Just in a constant state yeah, of brain fog. Yeah, like my, I was like to mum, I was like, 
the consistency of my brain is kind of like mashed potato. <laughs> That's what it felt mm, like. Mushy. I was just like this mushy, foggy gal. Yeah. Awful. So some of the risk factors that can lead to migraines, like I said, about being a girl, being under stress. Some of the other ones are depress- depression and anxiety, um, a pain disorder, like I said, obesity, asthma don't know where that connection is um snoring yeah but that's surely just because you're obstructed and you're hypoxic overnight yeah that's what i thought but they didn't really explain why snoring was an option well that's definitely um head and neck injury yeah which you talked about um caffeine for some people it can help them in terms of management in terms of and that would probably i'm not studying here i could be making this up but that would make sense in terms of vasodilation yes to reduce some of the pressure yes um and also, like but I also said, it could make it worse because if you if it acts as a diuretic and then you get too dry and too crispy, you're going to yep. get a headache. Dehydrated. Balance that flow. Right? Right. It's a tightrope, isn't it? Yeah. And then the acute med use and the overuse. What did you say? A tightrope. Tight rope. Okay. I thought, I was like, is that some weird English thing that you're no. meant to say tightrope? No, no, no. Tightrope. Tightrope. Speaking of, bitch. Oh, we didn't do that one. Yep, go on. Kadefa. Abracadaver, you motherfuckers that listened, it was like a 60-40 kind of vibe there. Yeah. And I thought Sean was the only human on this planet Earth that called it a cadaver. No. It's definitely a cadaver. It's not though, babe. So if I just and bring up... And I was up- like, maybe I just... Should, I didn't actually type mine out how I say it. Uh, maybe I should have written C A D A H V A H Kadava because maybe I made it sound like Kadava, which I don't really say it like that. Kadava. But it's Kadava. How do you even spell it? Oh, there we go. Oh, let's look up the pronunciation. Sounds okay. like K U H D A V U H. Well, let's Kadava. Just, let's just do one of these. Hang on. In British English, Kadava. Kadava. In Australian English, cadaver. Cadaver? In Welsh English, cadaver. I just love the Welsh English version. Cadaver. The Aussie, cadaver. Cadaver. So I think that settles it. Oh! fuck <laughs> I will never be referring to somebody as a cadaver. Cadaver. Or a cadaver in my life. Cadaver. Do you know what? I went through like a semi um, like crisis to be like. Maybe I have been saying it wrong this whole time. Well, Incorrect. still 60% I was right. agree with me. So you're still the minority. <laughs> anyway, maybe all the British people were asleep when that vote was going on. It went for 24 hours. They had time, Shut sweetie. Shut up. All right. So we've got migraines, right? What the fuck do we do now? There's a few things. There's holistic and woo-woo. Not Sean's favorite. Not my fave. <laughs> More likely my favorite. Not my fave. But some do help, actually, to be fair. And then there's medication, and lifestyle change kinesiology and micro sticks well look and turmeric tea absolutely not i made a drink eat turmeric sushi yeah turmeric fucking sushi honestly just get it in everywhere but with with migraines when my migraines are bad i will literally try anything like i will give anything a go once the only thing i haven't tried holistically is getting that earring done in your ear the like is it the tragus the tragus I've got migraines. mine done. I don't have migraines. Maybe that's it. Maybe that is it. Maybe we much go? like my my IUD stops me knowing that I've got endo. Maybe that stops you knowing that you've got migraines. Hey, do you want to go get a piercing? No, because I've never got go on antibiotics before and after it. Oh yeah, exactly. And you'll bleed lots. Exactly. Annoying. So annoying. 
Anyway, so for the majority of people, there's a couple of options that you can do. So obviously speak to your healthcare professional. We're all for a good relationship with your GP. Speak often, speak early. So go and speak to someone if you're struggling with them, right? If your Panadol and Nurofen aren't, or Paracetamol for the non-Australians of the world, or Tylenol in America, I'm pretty sure, is Paracetamol. Dimadon. What? (laughs) (laughs) You just spit everywhere? Yeah, it's a pediatric, like, generic brand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, sure, okay. Anyway, so if the Panadol and Nurofen aren't doing it and knocking it on its head, pardon the pun, Um, go and see your doctor because you may be suffering from migraines. So there's a couple of options that you can do for medication. There are um, research to suggest, like I said, that um, anti-epileptic medications help. Also um, beta blockers. So growing up, I was on enough beta blocker to put down an elephant. So they were like, that's clearly not helping you. So that was off the cards for me. So, but some people do find benefit in it around the blood amount, volume, etc. So that's also an option for you. And there's also specific medications for migraine prophylaxis or preventative. And so at the moment, my treatment is a little wafer that I take. It tastes disgusting. I hate the texture of it. I hate anything that like, I hate wafers. I think they're the worst creation. I would rather take a pill. Or Rorig. they're on the same really i have to take the wafer more than i take a raw egg i can tell you that much but i hate these wafers and when i was at work and i used to need to take one i'd be like guys don't talk to me for five i just need to get through taking this wafer and i literally feel it in my whole body i'm trying not to vomit i already feel nauseous i hate the feeling of it in my mouth what is it it's like this little paper wafer Yeah, but what's it called retrazepam retrazepam Rise and Tripton. Yeah, whatever. The shitty wafer that I have to take. I hate it. And I, when I was in infection control, I asked the micro um, pharmacist. And I was like, please tell me I can swallow this and not like make it weird how it works. Sorry. Tell us, how does it work? I thought because the initial theory on how migraines happen was the serotonin causing constriction Mm. but your reason for migraines must be because you dilate which makes sense because you're already on um blood thinners and stuff Mm. but it says during a migraine your your blood vessels if this drug works for you your Mm. blood vessels in the brain dilate Mm resulting in a more of a throbbing pain. So the rhizotriptan decreases the widening, returning the blood vessel to their normal size Mm. and therefore helping to relieve the pain. Yeah. And it also blocks some chemicals, which I produce would probably be like serotonin. Yeah. Causing more pain. Wow. So you you must die like this. Well, yeah. Have you seen the size of my freaking vein on my head? I have. I have. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I can't miss it. See it from fucking space. Anyway, so I hate the thing. I figured out that the best way to have it is sublingual, which means that it absorbs into the mucosal layer of your mouth, mucosal layer used in the right context. Um, But I can't keep it in there for the long enough that it needs to melt and it makes me feel sick. So I just swallow it back with water now and then hope for the best. It still works. I'm assuming it um, absorbs through my esophagus. Pretty effective. Like it reduces, like if I time it right it will knock the headache off completely like i won't get it and it will just or the migraine off i'll just get a headache but sometimes it will just reduce the level of migraine mm. 
it's not 100% effective, that's for sure. Mm. Regardless of how I consume it, whether properly or with water. But the Botox idea. So I have Botox, like I've said before, in all of my scalp. And the idea is, is that over time, because of the continuous migraine pains, the muscle layer around my skull becomes so tight and so intense that it just causes pain as soon as it gets anything out of whack. So the idea of putting Botox in the scalp is to relax those muscles so that it doesn't become like a this wound up bit of muscle so that it has a little bit more flexibility. And it was working until obviously the pain meds increased. So just going round and round at the moment and I'm weaning at the moment for Tepentadol. Side note completely. Side note, she's also doing a bit of her own wean if we're gonna yeah, look, uh, be I, honest here. I did. So and I know I, your GP listens, so I fucking put you out there, haven't I? I admitted it to my GP. Oh, okay. I was very good and forward and upfront. So I went rogue and I completely knocked off one of because I had like migraine after migraine. I was just sick of it. And I just stopped taking Tepentadol um, for one of my doses. So I normally take it twice a day. So I just stopped taking it for one of them and got wild, <laughs> wild withdrawals <laughs> from it. So I was feeling like this electric tingly buzz all over my face, all in my hands. I was feeling nauseous. Um, I had stomach pains, you know, like the whole, the whole scale. Your what one was like my seven. My what was up <laughs> there for sure, which is the, the assessment that we do as nurses for kids that come off of high levels of pain meds and they have withdrawals. So I was up there. Anyway, so I'm now doing it properly and I'm weaning effectively and still getting withdrawals though, for sure. Had major like j muscular jerks, like lying down, like in my, my legs. They felt like they were, had electricity going through them. That's wild. Oh, it was so annoying. Like I couldn't, I couldn't stop it. I couldn't get it out of my leg. Just like fucking twitching in bed. It was so annoying. Anyway, we're getting there. We're on the slow wean. I'm doing it properly. I'm doing it with my GP. I'm not doing a nosedive of a wean like I did before. I've learned my lesson and hopefully I'm praying, hopefully that it will help my migraines because I'm just over, over them. Over them. I get them so often you do, though. And you're getting them more frequently. Yeah, exactly. And my job is less stressful than it used to yeah. be. So something has got to give uh, and it's not me. <laughs> I'm glad, sis. Yeah. So, and that's kind of the migraine roundup, really. I love that. I learned a lot. Did you? Yeah. I, I Like I said, I knew nothing. I couldn't bring anything to the table. Well, you brought quite a bit, though, for someone who didn't know much. Yeah, just fun facts. <laughs> All of the fun facts. <laughs> but I, I hope for those of you who asked that migraines covered enough in that topic. Oh, one thing I do want to say mm. is as a professional, like I said, I've had a lot of migraines recently. And as a professional it impacts on my ability to do my job. And that's where a lot of people get frustrated with migraines because it does knock you out. Like absolutely, if my back pain is bad, like it's annoying, mm. I don't enjoy it, but I can still do my job mm. to some level. Mm. And much like you with your flare, mm. like you've built up a resilience mm -hmm. to a flare mm -hmm. and you can work through it. If you are having a migraine attack- Everything stops. You cannot 
work effectively no. and the expectation that you can is pretty debilitating mm -hmm. like people and this is the other thing as well people use migraine as an excuse to get out of work if they don't have migraines so like it's an easy thing to believe right mm. oh i've got a migraine i can't come into work it's the main sicky mm. the sick call excuse you yeah. know it's yeah, easy yeah. that or diarrhea is the one of two things that people use as like Mate, a get out every day i got diarrhea. i know i know but do you know what i mean like yeah yeah it's hard and so and because a migraine like we said in that whole wave of experience of a migraine it's not just the headache you can feel it days after and so it does impact your work and it does impact your your relationship with work and your colleagues mm -hmm. and your boss mm -hmm. because if you're not there your workload goes on to your colleagues your boss cannot expect you to be there all the time etc but They've been doing some pretty cool stuff over in America and they've come up with this educational work frame for companies that can, um, they can download it. And it's like a migraine management framework for companies to give more of an education about what migraines are because a lot of people don't know. Like they don't know the ins and outs of it, how it affects people so much. Mm -hmm. But the- I'm still getting over the fact that a chronic migraine, you have to have 15 bad days a month. Minimum. That's, a, that's wild. Yeah. I thought, fuck, if you're getting five headaches a month, that's yep. surely chronic. 15. 15 days. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily have to be 15 migraines. It's 15 days headache. of headache. Yeah. So for me right now, I've probably got like a two out of 10 headache. Yeah. Like my head just hurts. And that would be classed as one day of headache. Yeah, I'm not right. in an attack. Like mm -hmm. I'm not in that cannot see cannot mm -hmm. eat cannot drink but i'm in that uncomfortable mm. tensiony foggy kind of brain feeling mm -hmm. and so that consistently over time is chronic migraines mm -hmm. so yeah pretty wild Very but sad. i'm hoping that with this research doing in america so the american migraine foundation runs these workshops and these programs and i think it was something like 43 million dollars a year is lost from I companies yeah. from people being sick, sick with migraines yeah. and so this framework is around building a more supportive structure for the person that has migraines and a more understanding for that that workplace um and i think that's a, only good things can come of that mm. but it is hard and it, it can be a really like i know one of our listeners from work who has migraines as well and we've spoken about it before and it's it's hard because you you do your job so well and you know that you're good at your job, but you consistently feel like you're mm. letting your team mm -hmm. down or that you can't rely on yourself mm -hmm. to get through a day. Like how many times have you seen me at work and like fine in the morning mm. and then after yeah. lunch, I can't see. Yeah. Like you have no like get out of jail free yeah. card. Yeah. You could be doing everything right in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then by the afternoon, something changes mm. within your chemistry mm that you suddenly can't even compute a conversation. Yeah. So it's really like you are on edge most of the time, especially if you're starting to feel those little trigger signs beforehand. Mm -hmm. Fatigue, we all get tired. Am I fatigued because I'm fatigued or am I fatigued because I'm getting a migraine tomorrow? It's just the that roll of the dice. That was literally me staying at home for seven days. I was like, oh, I'm really tired. Am I tired because I've just stopped for a sec or am I tired because I've got COVID? Well, yeah, exactly. My throat's really sore. Am I, have I got COVID? Do I have lupus? I just, I mean, I don't know, ever. Anyway, 
So I just hope for those of you who don't have migraines, you can understand a little bit more. And empathize with those who do. Totally. Because it is hard and people experience it on a scale. No one's the same. And there's lots of different types. Exactly. So I hope you've enjoyed that little nugget of information. I don't have any questions for you because you've answered them all. That's okay. I don't really have a question for you. I have a question for the people though. Okay, go. So lovely listeners, if we were to do merchandise... Oh, yes. Uh, Would you be interested? And if so... What do you want? What do you want from us? Because look, we're thinking about it and we kind of have some ideas, but we want to be led by you guys because, you know, we're here for you and you're here for us and we want to do it as a community. So you tell us what you need or what you would like. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, I love that. So that's my question. That's a nice question. Look that. You like that? that? Yeah. Do you have any quotes? Well, this is a quote I found this morning. Okay. Um, it's not. It's not as uplifting as my usual ones, but oh, I thought okay. it was real. And look, it's real because your gal's been in ice over fucking seven days, so leave her <laughs> She's alone. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes life is just a bit shit and painful, and all you can do is learn to exist with the pain, find ways of coping, and celebrate the less shit bits. Joy and grief really can coexist. Grief and joy can coexist. Mm. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that absolutely. Here's one for you. Just in life, a nice little. That whole daily gratitude thing that I'm still doing hey, and have not everyone, broken. Everyone is getting around that. It's I love so it. cute. My brother did his, he's very behind, isn't he? He is. He only listened to the gratitude episode yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he sent his vo- voice memo to us that he yeah. was grateful for us. So you're welcome. You're welcome, Ben. Um, but yeah, everyone's getting around it. I really like it. Yeah, love it. Oh, anyway, so I haven't broken my streak since I started. Oh, so I have done my daily gratitudes every single freaking day um and if you saw the stories this week i did the gratitude of the sunset because it was so bloody beautiful so nice oh my goodness we get some of the most beautiful sunsets here in wa far out anyway so with that in mind my quote for this week is every day is a chance to be better better than whatever you want whether that's they spelt that wrong. They've written is a change to be better. Oh, yeah, they did. I read it as chance. So I think you made your own quote there, doll, because it actually says every day is a change to be better. Yeah. Which doesn't make much sense to me. Much prefer your quote. Much prefer mine. Mine's better. I'm keeping it. Yeah. Every day is a chance to be better. Yeah. Just be a better version of you. I love We that. can always do better. We can, but joy and grief can coexist. Absolutely. Love that. Even just to give yourself the space to feel those both things is a chance to be better at it. Yes. We love that. Love it. All right. Well, I hope you have a fantastic week, everybody. Yes, me too. And I'm so glad we're back because I missed it. Same. What should we do next week? That's my question for the people. What topic do you want? Yeah. All right. Topics and merch. What do you want? What do you want from us? When do you want it? Next week. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, guys. Have a fabulous.